You're listening to the Sunday Messages podcast brought to you by Cypress Creek Church. Feels like we're at, you know, summer camp where we have the night session where it's exciting. And then morning, if you never went to summer camp, here's how it goes. The first night's always awesome. And then you you get into the morning session and it's cozier, you know, it feels a little bit more intimate and you get to go a little bit deeper. And so that's what it feels like. I felt like we could have just, you know, put sleeping bags around here and had a little church lock in like uh, back, back, back in the day. But it is good to see you this morning on Christmas Eve. Yesterday was a lot of fun. We saw over 1,500 people come to all three gatherings. We stopped counting at some point because we were overrun a couple of times. And here's what I love the most is that the rain came, but that didn't stop people from coming. And I do think that God is cultivating. There is some spiritual activity, some overflowing activity of the Spirit in people's hearts. And this morning, what I want to continue to talk about is this table. In fact, today, I want to have a bit more of a conversation. We're going to be a little bit more interactive. Don't worry. I won't call you out. You won't have to give me an answer. But if you came with a family member, I hope that you uh, are ready and willing to share some things and contemplate as we come to the end of the year, because God has done a mighty work in 2023 through this church family, and I know many of our families as well. I am excited. Tomorrow, I jump on a flight, and my sister's getting married in Miami, Florida, where most of my family lives, so I'm excited to celebrate with, with my family, but I love my church family. There's, there's nothing like a church Family, if you're not a part of this church family, I want to welcome you to this church family. We're a little quirky. Uh, we say that we're a group of imperfect people, and that means all sorts of things. But we really are serious about following Jesus, and I love following Jesus with you. It is such a privilege, and as I've looked back to prepare for this morning, it really is unbelievable what God has done through this church family in 2020. Three. I want to burst your manger scene for a little bit, and then I'll, I'll construct it back. Uh, Christmas, we don't know if Christmas really happened, if Jesus was really born on the 25th of December. We really don't know. There's a really strong chance that he was not. Here's what I love, though. It is the darkest time of the year in the Northern Hemisphere. And I love that we celebrate the coming of light in the darkest time. I love that we celebrate the coming of an intimate savior who became man and fills us with love and warmth in the coldest time of the year. And I also love that it happens at the end of the year because it gives us an opportunity to look back, to pause, and to really reflect before we jump into the new year. We do that with family. Another thing is that we really don't know if there were three wise men. We know that there were three gifts, and so it's just assumed that there were three wise men. I've had a lot of battle. I grew up Catholic, and so I've done battle with abuelo and abuela because they have names, and and I'm like, well, yeah, but, and you're like, well, where do the names come from? I'm like, I I don't know. I think you need to have a PhD to, to have those answers, but what we do know is that there were three gifts that the wise men brought, and then Jesus grew 
in about 40 a month old or so, and he was brought to the temple to be dedicated. We talked about this a couple weeks ago, if you were here, when we brought our commitments forward for the Oaks Project. Jesus was committed. They brought two turtle doves, and uh, there were no three French hens or a partridge in a pear tree. The two turtle doves were part of the law requirement to sacrifice, to, to give thanks to God as an offering for the gift of a baby. And we talked about the dichotomy, right? That Jesus, they, they were sacrificing uh, Mary and Joseph were to dedicate the son who was the Lamb of God, who he himself was the sacrifice. So much beauty there. This is in Luke chapter two. And then we read the story of a real wise man. Again, we don't know how many other wise men, but this morning we're going to focus in on the story of an older, wiser man named Simeon. We are going to read from Luke chapter two, and I've asked Micah to come up. Let's give her a hand as she reads our passage from this morning. The words will also be on the screen. Are you ready? Now there was a wise man in Jerusalem called Simeon. Simeon. It's Simeon, not cinnamon. Do you <laughs> Simeon, who was righteousness and devoid. He was waiting for a consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed by him, by the Holy Spirit, it, that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah moved by the Spirit. He went to the temple courts. When the parents brought the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required him, that what the custom of the law required, Simeon. Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you promised you may now dismiss your servant in peace for my eyes seen your salvation which have prepared in the sight of all nations a light revelation and the gentles of your glory of the of your people israel the child's father and mother marveled marveled at at what was said about him Word of the Lord. Thank you, Micah. We talked about this morning how, why couldn't have you just named Simon, not uh, Cinnamon or, or Simeon? <laughs> Simeon was an older man, and, and we get this from Job 12, 12, that wisdom belongs to the aged and understanding to the old. I love that in the beginning of Jesus's life, we see this contrast with a man who's been waiting for Jesus to come. And it says that he's moved by the spirit to go to the temple and he sees this month old baby and he doesn't sit at the table. Simeon is the table. He grabs this newborn baby in his arms, and he praises God. He says, how great thou art. And wisdom truly belongs to the age. I encourage us this Christmas season, as we are with family members, to thank 
our grandparents and great-grandparents, and if we are lucky, our great-great-grandparents because they are a blessing. I love the NIV version of that better than the KJV. The KJV says, with the ancient is wisdom. That's rude. Ancient, come on, guys. Wisdom belongs to the aged. I like that much better. He says that Jesus would be the salvation of the Lord, that he would deliver truth not only to those in Israel, but also to the Gentiles, to those of us that are not a family of uh, the people of Israel, and that Jesus would bring glory upon his people, really bringing about salvation and redemption now to the ends of the age. And I love Joseph's and Mary's response. They were amazed because Simeon glorified Jesus, and, and it blessed them. And so what I want to do this morning is, is have a conversation. Imagine we're at the table. Uh, if you are not with family, find somebody around you. If you see somebody looking around, include them in your family. We're all a part of this church family. I want to follow Simeon's cues and ask that we contemplate three questions because Simeon teaches us how to finish well, how to finish the year off well. We're nearing the end of the year, and, and he teaches us how to finish the year off, but he is also finishing his life. He's in the fourth quarter of his life, and he finishes well. I love in verse 25 when it says that he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. Consolation means comfort. He was waiting for the redemption, the restoration of the people of Israel. The whole Old Testament, 39 books, is, is, is expecting the coming of this anointed one, the Messiah, who we call Jesus. They're expecting God to deliver them from a number of things. And a lot of them were expecting for a political revolution. And they did not get that through Jesus. They got a spiritual one, an inside out one, one that starts in the heart. But here's the key. When it saturates our heart, it overflows into our families, which then overflows into our community and it reaches the whole world. That is the inside out reality of the work of the gospel. And so he knows that this will be the comfort, the consolation of Israel, yet he was waiting for. So I want us to ask the question, what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for as you approach the end of this year? Maybe it was something that you thought would happen in 2023. Maybe it's healing in some way, shape, or form. Maybe it's reconciliation in a relationship, or maybe it's a little simpler than that. You, don't, you can go as deep as you want to go, but I wonder if we can share with those that we came with here today, what are we waiting for? As you were thinking, let me just say this. The answer is Christmas, because whatever we are waiting for, the truth of Christmas is that Jesus came and brings comfort and consolation to all. Whether we see it or not, here this side of heaven, yeah, we, we don't know that, but we do know that Jesus came and is coming again to make all things new. We'll talk about that next Sunday, but right now, what are you waiting for? What are you in tension with? Can we spend a few minutes sharing with those that we came with, answering that question? We got three, so we don't need to warm up. We're just going to dive right in again. 
This is uh, morning after summer camp. We had our big, wow, lights, music. Man, last night was awesome. And now we're going to get a little cozier, more intimate. Let's share with one another. What are you waiting for? Ready, set, go. How do we do? We do okay? You guys down for two more? I hope we can take advantage of while we hear a lot of the times we hear a message and then the homework is like God's doing, God's doing work in our minds and in our hearts, but then we do the work afterwards. And so I hope that we take advantage of this opportunity so that we can reflect before we enter into the new year. So what are you waiting for? Simeon was waiting for the consolation of Israel, we read that the Holy Spirit was on him. He went to the temple. He was found Jesus with Mary and Joseph. And then he says this in verse 29, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised. So Jesus is now sitting in, G in, in Simeon's arms and, and Simeon is praising God. This is his song of praise. Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in Peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles, the glory of your people, Israel. Again, Simeon is exclaiming that Jesus came and now he has seen the work of salvation so he can go in peace. He can be taken up to heaven in peace. And this is also not for him or for his people, but it's a light for revelation to all peoples, all nations, all cultures, and the glory of the people of Israel. This year, we, Cypress Creek Church, as our church family, have seen God do amazing things. Let me ask the question personally, and then I'll go into, I'll give you some time to think about your answer, and I'll share some of what God has been doing through Cyprus this year. Our question is, how have I seen God's faithfulness in 2023? His promises come true. His work of salvation in our lives. What has he revealed 
to us? What has he shown a flashlight in our hearts and allowed us to be a part of his work here on earth? Which again, let me zoom out and say God has been moving incredibly. If you can rewind the tape all the way to January 2023, we started talking about building not a building, but building the church, building our families and building our mission. Again, it is a flashback of the first series of the year. And then we hit unashamed. We walked through the book of Romans. Do you remember that? We were there, I think, for like 15 or 16 weeks. Easter Sunday resurrection story was in the middle where we got to hear Tom and Melinda's resurrection story. That was awesome. And uh, then we finished the book of Romans through the summers. We went through the stories of Jesus. We looked at the different parables and, and we looked at how Jesus preached in his ministry and how he really brought uh, stories down to earth so that we can understand them and live them out. And then we hit the beginning of the fall semester with a series on limited, that our time is limited, our resources are limited. And, and so what we invest, uh, how we invest really matters, which uh, really flowed in well into our planted series where you at the end raised or committed to giving $2.5 million for the Oaks Project. Unbelievable. And uh, then we had our Promises series. Do you remember that? Where we looked at the different promises in the Old Testament, starting with Noah, uh, that Jesus was going to come. I'm sorry, starting with the serpent crusher, that Jesus was going to come and defeat the serpent there in the garden. Jesus, the coming of Jesus, Christmas did that. That Jesus was a way maker. That God came to bless us so that we can bless others through Abraham. That God is with us. We looked at Jacob's story. We looked at purpose in Joseph's story and then freedom through Moses. There are all the bullet points of the different promises that we walked through. And I wonder if maybe you saw some of these promises fulfilled in your life. I do know this, that we saw salvation, the promise of salvation in this church family as we celebrated 114 baptisms. Many of you publicly declared your faith. Let's give God a hand for that incredible testimony of what God is doing through us as a church family. Incredible. How have I seen, how have you seen God's faithfulness in 2023? I know it's a whopper, but I think we can do it. Are you ready? Can we spend a couple minutes sharing how we have seen God's faithfulness? And if we can, let's put those promises back on the board. Maybe this will help pick a few things, how God made a way, how God uh, provided freedom, 46 men going through men's encounter. I don't have the number of women, but I think it was around the same 34 women going through encounter, many college students and, and others also. So how did God fulfill promises for you in 2023? Are you ready? Uh-oh. Are you ready? <laughs> Set. Go, just a couple minutes.
All right, how are we doing? Doing okay? I know for some of you, this is like, this is not the norm, Jose. I don't like when you rock the boat. It's already Christmas. There's enough going on, and you're throwing a wrench. And those that serve on the team with me say, welcome to the club, because I love throwing a good wrench. It is a different way to celebrate Christmas, but I do hope that it is good and a good opportunity to reflect on God's faithfulness and God's goodness. One other thing that I wanted to share, the Winter Food Program. This is something that we've been doing for a long time, a few years now. We have some pictures. We served 46 households. This is a group of various churches that come together in this community to provide for those that have great needs in the Christmas season. And I just love how this church is on Mission. I mean, from local to global, the over two dozen lo- uh, local and global ministry partners that we get to support. I love that about our church. If you didn't know, we have flags over at the top, and they represent all of our global ministry partners that we have the pleasure of serving alongside. And so let's keep at it in 2024. All right, here's the last one, verse 33. Says the child's father, that's Joseph, and mother, that's Mary, marveled, marveled at what was said about Jesus. Mom and dad, isn't it wonderful when someone says something great about your son or your daughter? You know? And some of us truly marvel because we're like, really? <laughs> My kid? Wow! God's grace is sufficient. <laughs> of course, this is the Son of God who was perfect. And you see what Simeon was doing is he was giving all glory, all honor, and all praise to this month-old baby before he had even done a thing. How awesome that he gave him the glory. See, when we give God glory, we are actually practicing the God-given design that he gave to each of us. How we give him glory may look so different, but when we give him glory, we come into uh, uh, contact with his God-given purpose 
for our life. And Simeon is giving Jesus all the glory, just like the quarterback at the end of a football game. He says, hey, how did you do that? Some quarterbacks more, actually. I, I, I just see this happening now. Man, they just give all the glory to Jesus in the highs and in the lows. And so what, what would it look like for us to do that in 2024? How can I glorify God in 2024? I want you to think about that in your workplace, in your school, in your circumstance, in your neighborhood, and in your family. What does it look like to give God the glory in the way that Simeon gives Jesus, the glory, and it brings about marvel, wonder, awe from Mary and Joseph. Before I give you a chance to share those things, uh, Rembrandt is a Dutch painter, and he lived in the 1600s, and uh, I spent a year in the Netherlands uh, close to one of his museums, and I remember seeing this painting of his there in a museum just a couple of blocks from my flat is what you call it in Europe when you live in an apartment. My flat. And this is Simeon's song of praise. You see Simeon there kneeling and you see him being the table for Jesus. There's a priest there marveling and maybe giving praise. We don't really know. You see Mary uh, on the side with Joseph in just an an absolute audience. I mean, this is a, it's beautiful. You probably can't see the depth of it here, but if you zoom in, it's really amazing. And it's even more amazing when you're looking at it in person. Here's the thing. Rembrandt was 25 when he drew this. He was showing off many think. He was saying, check out my gift. Check out my artistic ability and I am going to wow you with the depth of this piece of work. But Rembrandt was fascinated with Simeon. We know this because he had many drawings, painting, uh, pencil sketches around of Simeon. And in the year that he passed away, he was 63. There was an unfinished painting it's this one. And the contrast could not be greater. Let's look back at the first painting. Look how busy and zoomed out it is. You can barely see Jesus. I mean, barely make him out. I think he's there. And the crowd and all the noise. And then, yeah, let's, let's, let's go back to the other one. I think it's interesting that at the end of Rembrandt's life, just as at the end of Simeon's life, the focus zooms in on Jesus, on holding and embracing the truth of the gospel. If you don't have a New Year's resolution, let me give you or at least offer and suggest one to you today. Follow Jesus. Make that your New Year's resolution, to follow him through the highs and through the lows, because that is how we can glorify him in 2024. So how can we do that? 
I wonder if we can brainstorm some ideas, maybe personalize them in your context and the things that you're involved with, with your family members, maybe at the table that you will be sitting at here soon. How can I glorify Jesus? And then I'll come up and close us. Does that sound okay? Ready? Set, go. All right. Hey, give yourselves a hand. You did it. You uh, caught my wrench. You didn't get knocked out by it. Thank you. See you this afternoon, this evening, maybe tomorrow morning. I'm just kidding. It was fun, though, to see you guys yesterday and then today. I do love, um, I do love this church family very, very dearly. At the end of David's life, he, he writes this. And to me, this is David's song of praise. I'm sorry, this is maybe not at the, the end of David's life. We don't know this. This is the last psalm that we have of David in our ordering of the psalm. Psalm 145 in verse 3, it says, Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. That's how we started. How great thou art. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts promises fulfilled. They speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty, and I will meditate on your wonderful works. They tell of the power of your awesome works, and I will proclaim your great deeds. They celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in Love, how great is our God. Here's how I want us to close. We're gonna close with a hymn called Be Thou My Vision. Let us enter 2024 and finish 2023 saying, Be Thou My Vision, so that we can continue to pursue Jesus, so that we can continue to follow him and see what he has in store. If you're able and willing, please stand with me as we close in prayer.
We thank you for the story of Simeon, Lord. What a beautiful beginning to his journey here with us on earth. Thank you for the way that he inspired us to contemplate what we're still waiting for and what you have done this last year and also create expectation for what you will do and how we will give you all the glory. And so Jesus, as we finish well, we also look forward and say, be our vision. May our eyes be fixed on you. We thank you for coming to us and for being in your line of sight, for the truth that you see us in our circumstance. You see us through the highs and through the lows. And we praise you through it all. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. Thanks for listening to the Sunday Messages podcast. You can dive deeper into the messages weekly by subscribing to the Conversations podcast, where we dig into the previous Sunday's message, unpacking how we can apply it further in our daily lives. See you again next week.